This special interview segment is being brought to you ad-free by Digital Market Battles, the only marketing agency that'll fill your company's pipeline with high-valued leads. They will meet your conversion goals no matter what. Just go to www.digitalmarketbattles.com to get your discovery call done today. Here to join us today as we discussed last week a little bit about this the new rule changes that Major League Baseball is going to be adopting. Now, they got it from particularly the minor leagues. So we felt it would be only important and it would only be appropriate to bring on somebody that knows a thing or two about the minor leagues. And we found the perfect person to do that here today. He's a gentleman that I had the opportunity to work with, mentored me, got a chance to shadow him while he was calling games for the Yankees AAA affiliate the Scranton Rail Riders in Moosick, Pennsylvania, and we're pleased to welcome him here today. Welcome him back to Downtown Sports, Mr. Adam Giardino. He joins us here today. Adam, it is a pleasure to have you back. It's been quite a while. How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. Yeah, this is a, a good opportunity for me to stretch my wings here and dip into the minor league baseball stuff and, you know, a little background for for the listeners that mm. I, um, I, I was in minor league baseball for a decade. And even this year, I'm out of it full time, but I still called games over. Um, I'm in Worcester, Massachusetts. So I called some games over at Polder Park. So mm. getting to see some of these ramped up rules in place as compared to what we experienced in 2016, 17, 18, up through now, but having these rules really, um, some of them enforced more strictly and then others added into the mix. It's it's all good stuff coming to Major League Baseball, I promise you. Wait, good? Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I just have to stop you right there because I, I don't understand how any of this could possibly be good. I am one of these baseball fans that looks at these rule changes and look, I have a whole lot of hair here, as you can see, right? <laughs> it all wants, it, it makes it much easier for me to want to tear it out <laughs> as I'm reading about these rule changes. So what should we really be expecting? If it's not the gloom and doom scenario I'm describing, what should we really be expecting out of these rule changes? Do they, actually work do they actually make sense uh would it actually help the major league game be more watchable yes answered all your questions yes hopefully i can walk you off the cliff here uh and if i'm not walking you off the cliff walking you back away from the cliff uh let me know because i'm sure i can shed some light into um the the ways that this is going to be better because the only people that these rule changes are noticeable for in the minors are the broadcasters. I've been mm. to games this year. I live in Worcester. So not only did I call games, I've been to games and there has not been a game that I've seen 10 or 12 of them that I've called or seen that have been longer than two hours and 50 minutes. And I've been part of games that were 14 to three that still finished in under three hours. There were walks, there were hits. Um, and again, if you're doing the radio broadcast, it's really fast. You you don't get the chance to tell as many stories, uh, and there really isn't that back and forth with your color commentator. But that's an issue for for me and just a couple of other people, and then the other thousands of people in the stadium, the other in Major League Baseball case, the other millions of people watching at home. It's just not noticeable what's happening on the field, and players get used to it. They get used to the pace of things, and at the beginning of the year when games were flying by and players were out of rhythm, it's just not 
an issue for these players, pitchers and batters. Um, I was on a show with Rob Dibble, a longtime big league pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. He does a show in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, a drive time show. And he is a big pitcher advocate, as you might imagine, being one of those nasty boys leading to the Reds to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was worried that, you know, pitchers would feel rushed. And truly the numbers year over year, Strikeout rates are the same in the minors. Walk rates are the same. And it would be the walk rate that would be concerning, right? I mean, that would, when a pitcher rushes through, you would think, okay, they're going to be a little more wild. And that has proven to not be affected. The only thing that's been affected by this has been the game time. And it has Mm -hmm. come down drastically. So we're going into that point. And this is one of the first big rule changes coming is the pitch clock. Now, this is something that has been talked about in baseball for a while and I watch the major league games and I always see the pitchers. They like to get into a little routine. They, they take their time in between pitches. You know, maybe they're, they're, they're feeling the mound. Maybe they're just doing little uh, stall tactics, if you will. And it just gets to the point where like 30 seconds, 45 seconds in between pitches, it just gets to the point. Like, why is he taking so long? And then he steps off the rubber, killing more time. The minor leagues have adopted a pitch clock. And there are certain rules, and I have them right here in front of me via MLB trade rumors that must be followed. So pitchers will have up to 15 seconds between pitches when bases are empty and when there's at least a runner on base, 20 seconds. And the pitcher must begin his motion before the expiration of the timer. Do you see Major League Baseball will get adjusted to this right away, or is there going to be maybe a little backlash coming out of this? Because pitchers have their routines. They don't like to be told, oh, you got to throw the ball uh, in this amount of time or or you're going to be called for a block or you're going to or you're going to get penalized for it. Like especially your star pitchers, too. Like I could see like maybe uh, the younger guys getting called. But you really going to call Max Scherzer, for example, on a 15 second pitch clock. Do you you see this working in the major leagues? Maybe right off the bat or this is going to take a little time. We're going to see a couple of blow ups and they'll get highlighted on the highlight shows and on Twitter. And you're going to see it just as you saw. You know, with the the spider tack, right? Everyone mm-hmm. was going crazy about, and I mean, it still is, looks strange when pitchers are watch, walking off every half inning and they're having their hands felt and maybe their hair is being felt. It, you know, it's a it's a strange thing, but it's just the next step in in eliminating the advantage for the pitchers. This is the next thing that's needed in terms of policing the pace of play because players left to their own devices, this is what it leads to. It leads to three hour and twenty minute games that. Otherwise would be viewed as pitchers duels, but yeah. they are games that have just that are taking too long um, for the average fan. And I, in stepping away from minor league baseball, one of the things that I do during the summer now is I work in sports broadcasting camps. And these are middle schoolers and high schoolers all over the country in different cities. I was in Dallas and L.A. and we've got camps in Seattle and Denver and up the East coast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, y- you know, these kids, they are aspiring sports broadcasters, but first and foremost, they're major sports fans and their parents think, Oh, let's send them to a camp for a week so that they can just talk sports and argue sports and have a great time. And, um, the amount of baseball talk at these camps is just practically non-existent. Um, it was a little different up in Boston's camp and the North Jersey camp. There was a lot more baseball, but mm. even in mar- markets like Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, it mm. was all Washington Wizards and, um, you know, commanders and all that kind in Baltimore Ravens. And that's what these kids were arguing in the midst of of baseball season. You know, Adley Rutschman was called up and yeah. kids weren't really 
interested in talking about Adley Rutschman at that Orioles point. are relevant again. That's the big thing. The Orioles are, are, are yeah. now a team to take seriously again. That I'm kind of shocked at, especially the Orioles stuff. Mm-hmm. But however, however, I could almost understand D.C. Let me tell you why. Because uh, the Nationals, relative to all the other teams that we've been speaking about, they haven't been in D.C. that long. Like, you maybe got mm-hmm. one generation of kids that's grown up with the team being in D.C. They've, all along. They've been there for 17 years now. 2005, they became the Nationals. They've been there for uh, almost 20 years now. Okay, yeah. maybe a couple of generations of kids. Not, yeah, but not it's that small. long, right. though. You, you, but you're the gonna, point is... They're going to talk I, commanders. I mean, but the, the point is, is that these are... 14 year old kids who when they were born there was a washington nationals team right maybe their parents aren't supporting it but as long as these kids have been alive there's been washington nationals baseball and so it's just when i you know you you see some of the the numbers that are put out about who are baseball fans and it's the 45 to 70 year old demographic and okay the baseball fan is aging and how do you get that back and that's a major concern and i know for the three of us we grew up being huge baseball fans and Mm -hmm. all that i mean we follow every sport but with the amount of interactivity on social media now with kevin durant chirping at james harden chirping at all the you know i mean it's it's part sports, it's part drama, it plays out in real time, and um, baseball doesn't have that. And the product for baseball, you know, regular season basketball games are under three hours. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's a magical number. Oh, three hours, three hours, that's the number that everyone's throwing out there. But three hours and 20 minutes isn't getting it done. And I just mm-hmm. think that you don't, you aren't losing anything as a fan as much of a baseball purist as I am. And I've called yeah. over 1,500 baseball games now in my life. I did not notice a difference in the enjoyment. And I noticed I was enjoying the game even more. Um, And look, from a financial standpoint, when fans, when a game gets to be the the sixth inning and they are in the, the stands and they're thinking about buying ice cream, well, for the kids and making more money for the franchise and the minors, especially the if it's nine o'clock and it's the fifth or sixth inning, the parents are thinking, uh, we'll just stick around for another inning and then we're leaving. Versus if you've got a two and a half hour, two hour and 40 minute game on your hands, people are going to stick it out for the whole thing. That's just the way it is. But if it looks like it's nine o'clock and there's no end in sight, people leave in the minors. Families get up and they hit the turnstiles and get on the road. But Mm -hmm. if it's the seventh or eighth inning in a good game, all right, we're going to stick around for another 20, 30 minutes. So it's just from that perspective too, teams are reporting higher revenue in ballpark um now as a result the per cap the the number that each person is spending when they're in the ballpark is much higher because the games are you're it's worth sticking around for the whole thing mm. compared to last season the pitch timer reduced the average nine inning game by 26 minutes it was three hours four minutes in 2021 two hours 38 minutes in 2022 and what this did do, and it, it, it did some good things for the game. It did increase more stolen base attempts. It, it did allow less, and there was actually less penalty of pitch timer violations in the most recent week with minor league baseball. So it has worked to a degree. So we've talked about the pitching side of this. The hitters also have to deal with the pitch clock in, in a certain way as well. So a hitter must be in the batter's box and alert to the pitcher with at least eight seconds left. The minor leagues did it for about nine seconds. A hitter will be allowed one timeout per plate appearance. And then the umpires can have authority to provide any other time that would be needed. Uh, 
So what are your thoughts on the rules for the hitters as well, that they have to follow rule, or they could get some form of a penalty, just as the pitcher would if he's not ready to throw the ball? Yeah, I viewed it as all the same, and it just felt very harmonious with the rules that were assessed to the pitcher and the hitter felt equal. And I think that wherever these numbers came up with the 15 seconds with nobody on, I think in the minors it was 19 seconds. Um, With a runner on, you said it's now 20 for Major League Baseball, but all of it just felt right. It didn't feel like – it felt like neither party – was being rushed. And again, Mm. these games were games that I saw in June after 50 games were already in their back Mm. pockets and both sides had gotten into that rhythm, but um, it, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting where batters stepping out that one time, you do notice it because Mm. it's Mm. the one time and otherwise they are forced to stay in the box. And again, you know, I mean, they, they chop a ball foul, off their foot that's a totally different circumstance and same thing for a pitcher it looks like there's something in their eye they kind of step off and umpires are pretty loose with that kind of stuff but it's it just feels like these numbers again they just felt synchronous and correct with whatever number they came up with they got it right Mm. we'll be very curious to see when when these rules take effect in critical junctures of games Mm -hmm. let's say in a world series god forbid Pitcher forgot about this rule, and that could be the difference between the other team winning the World Series because you stepped off the mound when you weren't supposed to, and you lost the game because of it. Just kind of little things like that. I'll be very curious to see where where this is all going to go. Come come that opportunity. If that yeah. happens. Let me let me just. If that were to happen, mm-hmm. you will have had played an entire major league season <laughs> at that point. True. Yep. Went through an entire playoff, but we forget that some pitcher- of these things. Look, I mean, Armando Benitez knew he had to throw strikes, but uh, he walked in the winning run in the World Series. You're a Met fan. You remember that. Um, So you can't necessarily trust that they know that that's a thing that they have to do. Yeah. If the pitcher screws that up, that's their fault. Next set of questions. Let's go to the. Because I'm slowly backing up off the cliff, Adam, slowly. Perfect. Uh, is, we're, I just we're need like two there. or three feet. Yeah, I just need two or three feet of Look, space. You, you for got you one me. foot so far. Okay. Just one. Perfect. Um, but we have to talk about the S word. Mm. The word mm. that shall not be named. The thing that has been banned um, from Major League Baseball. The only sport that I know of that instead of telling their offensive players to learn how to play offense, you ban a defensive formation the shift is now gone what kind of difference does that really make i mean because to me the shift being there sort of forces hitters to hit the other way go the other way with the baseball like i feel that that that's going a bit too far the banning of the shift but adam you said you were going to help me so so I, i i'm gonna let you explain how good this could possibly be because you said this is good. So how could this possibly be good? It is good because it is going to reward batters for putting the ball in play um, hard. I I think that if you are a batter that hits the ball hard, that you can and should be rewarded. Um, and the only way with all of the defensive metrics that exist now um, the only way to do that, one of the ways to do that, 
is to hit the ball weakly the other way. You can hit it hard the other way. I just think that in this day and age, one of the other things that they're looking to get rid of and that people are less than thrilled with in baseball is the fact that there are no, that singles are rarer and rarer and that, oh, everyone just walks homers and strikes out. Yeah, and this sure. is one step towards bringing in some more ground ball singles and yeah. making it so that, I mean, shoot, is should Manny Margot be a 30 home run hitter? I just saw his name pop up last night as yeah. a 30 home run guy. And like, he's not a 30 home run guy. I saw him in the minors and, but he is, that's the way that he can become effective. And now maybe we won't see Aaron judge leading major league or the American league with a three seventeen average or whatever it is when we woke up today. Um, I I'd love to see a three sixty hitter again in major league baseball, but with the velocity and the wave that, defenses can shift against you um that's a difference and now i i also think that the way that shifts are going to be allowed it is not going to be as drastic as people think and i say that because if you look at a standard shift against a lefty hitter okay. the shortstop who slides over really they're going to be about three or four feet away from where they originally were so I think what we're going to be seeing from talking to people in baseball is you're going to see that shortstop instead of being stationed on the other side of second base and kind of more traditionally where a second baseman would be because the second baseman's in shallow right field, you're going to see that shortstop in motion as the pitch is being delivered. So that shortstop is just going to have kind of a walking start towards the second base side of the bag. And that's where the ball, you know, if that's where the analytics are saying the ground ball is going to go. That's that shortstop's going to kind of be there most times anyway. If that's where the defense, so you're just, I don't think that is actually going to be a rule change that impacts things as much as people think. And if it adds a few more singles to the game every day, I'm for it. I'd and like I'm, to see that happen again because honestly, these batters today are being taught launch angle. I know. Let's drive the ball out of the park. Oh, the you know, the, the casual single means nothing anymore. And we've had so many great hitters in the day that were they weren't power hitters. As long as they were good contact hitters, you put the ball in play, you move the runner over, basic fundamentals. Tony Gwynn would not have liked this launch right. angle education mm -hmm. type stuff. Uh, guys like Ozzy Smith would never have been Hall of Famers if uh, yeah. everything was about launch angle and all of this. So we've got me another six inches away from the edge of the cliff we're, we're another six inches we're at a foot and a half we're, we're doing yeah, good that's so great. far that's great uh, and one quick story if we have to move on to the next topic but sure, when yeah. i was in double a 2015 aaron judge played 63 games with the trenton thunder mm -hmm. he had a ground ball past the shortstop that rolled up the left center alley i mean that was one of the most exciting things that i've ever seen he had a ground ball it was on the infield grass and it just never stopped rolling because they didn't have the advanced analytic. I mean, it was just kind of one of those, yeah. wow. I mean, he hit the ball 113 miles an hour on the ground and it just rolled all the way up the gap. So that's the kind of stuff that we don't see because there's there are position players there ready to go because of how advanced everything is. Analytics are something, believe me, I'd like to see move away from and have the managers just rely on their gut. That was how baseball was played back then. The manager we, said, okay, this guy, I trust him. I'm going to leave him out there. I'm not going to, oh, analytics tell me I have to take him out of the game. Oh, analytics tell me I have to sit this guy down because of how he bet. 
wasn't how the game was. Major League Baseball went from, but it's like they went from one extreme to the other. They mm-hmm. literally went from, they have no technology in their game. Instant replay is like, for example, announcing the results of instant replay just became a thing this year when the NFL has been doing that since the 90s. Baseball went from zero analytics, zero technology being involved in the game to worshiping a computer and an abacus like like as if they were a deity of Rome or something. They're on their hands and knees offering offerings to the computer system. It's ridiculous how crazy the game has gotten, but let's get on to one more thing. It doesn't stop there even. The, The computer technology doesn't even stop there. By the way, talking to Adam Giardino, former broadcaster for the Yankees AAA affiliate, the Scranton Rail Riders. Now, this is another move baseball is bringing in. Minor leagues are already doing this. Uh, but Manfred wants this in the league by 2024. The robot umpire. Oh, man. And I do not like this at all. I've seen little videos of the robot umpire and kind of what it looks like. In some games, you have an umpire, but you have a camera behind that's actually going to be feeding to the umpire if that's a ball or a strike. Those were some of the little things I've seen with the robot umpires that I've seen. I'm starting to go forward on that clip again, Adam. I, I, I yeah, don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. The robot umpires and how they're going to ruin the game. And there are different versions of this that I do and I don't like. Um, a version of it that I would find palatable is that each team gets three ball strike challenges per game. If a pitching coach mm. is in the dugout and you just chirp out and say, I need you to look at that. And but if on every single pitch, the home plate umpire is being told by the by the robot, by the computer system that um, that, you know, it's a ball or a strike and they're just going by that. I don't I don't love that. But as we all watch baseball now, every single major league baseball broadcast has the K zone, whether you're you know, it's not just national TV, it's your local TV. TV is going to have that as well. So everyone at home knows whether it's it should have been a ball or a strike. So uh, I just and I like the quick reaction of it because it's the it's from the dugout. If you're ever field level during a baseball game, you know that managers and pitching coaches are riding umpires every single pitch of every single game. And it's just a matter of, okay, put your money where your mouth is. If you thought that was a ball, then challenge it. And let's let's get the actual computer generated result. Like to see that happen. So the last set of questions, because we know we got to get you out of here very soon. Mr. Adam Giardino, he is the voice of everything college and minor (laughs) league baseball in the Massachusetts area. Former triple A voice of the Scranton Rail Riders. Um, You've been a part of minor league baseball for a long time. You've seen how these players get treated in comparison to major league players. You've seen the living conditions. In fact, you even told us a story once, one of the first times you came on this show, about how young men, 18 years old, would have to go live in strangers' houses because they did not have enough money to get a hotel, get accommodations, um, that players would have to stay in the homes of fans who would actually allow them to do that while they were on the road. So now minor league baseball has decided that they want to form their own um, local affiliate to the MLB players union. How much would this help minor leaguers? 
how is this even possible to happen? And do you think this is a good idea for them or not? Will this help the minor league player? Yes, it will. Um, it will also be the dog that caught the bumper. I think when we, when we look back on this, that um, this is going to be super beneficial and it will bring new challenges down the road in the next five plus years. Um, Major league baseball right now has 120 affiliates and they have more than enough money to pay all of their players a living wage on each of those teams. But it's going to be interesting because Unlike other sports, baseball players, they need time in the Petri dish in order to get ready for the big leagues. This isn't the, you know, Julio um, Rodriguez getting to the big leagues at 18. That happens every year in the NBA. It does not happen in Major League Baseball every year. That's a generational talent. And so I, I just think that there is a chance that Major League Baseball down the road will say, all right, 120 now becomes 80, and that 40 more or 120 becomes. 90 and that 30 more cities will lose their minor league team and they'll decide, okay, instead of going out and playing games in the minors, we'll just have our really new, fresh, young minor leaguers before they get to double a, um, all right, we're just going to keep them on site in Florida and Arizona and we'll play inter squad games and that'll be better for their development, which maybe it is, maybe that will be a better thing for the development, but it won't be better for growing the game. Um, and it'll, there'll be fewer opportunities. You know, we're already bemoaning the fact that, okay, the MLB draft is 20 rounds now, um, you know, and the, the fact that the number two player in the big East and for a long stretch of the year, the number one player in the big East was on UConn baseball a team that I covered this year. He didn't get drafted this year. Um, wow. He was a, you know, a senior and transfer from old dominion, put up great numbers for two years at UConn and, again was hitting 415 most of the way through the season but they teams were more willing to draft an 18 year old out of high school mm -hmm. with upside rather than a guy that was five years older um so those are the kind of players that will fall through the cracks and just seeing that develop that kind of loss of talent develop is um going to be a is going to be a casualty of all this, but for the players that are in the system, it's great because they will make a living wage and there is not a person in this country that shouldn't be making a living wage. If they're yes. putting in a full week's work and a full yep. year's work and yep. it is a year round job for these people. And so yep. that is uh that's, that's the thought there. Brings me now into the, the final question we'll wrap up with here and talked about the economics a little bit and how it's has minor league baseball now, been slowly beginning to recover post COVID. We're now in 2022. Things are going back to normal. Masks are not being enforced anymore. Have the miners begun to rebound from the losses during 2020? Have things begun to go back up again? I think so. Yeah. The games that I were at, I was at the, especially here in Worcester, um, Tuesday nights, they were getting 5,000 people and it wasn't, wow. a, it wasn't a fake 5,000 and granted it's a new stadium. And last year was their first year, um, with a new stadium open and people, as you mentioned, still hesitant. And I think more and more people are past that now here in 2020 and with baseball being an open air environment and all of that, it was, there was a lot of good nights for baseball in, in Worcester. And I, it's going to be interesting and when when you and all of your educated listeners end up parsing through these numbers, because 
the triple a level still has nine games left um, and they're playing 150 games this year. So a lot of teams are going to announce that they have set new franchise records because there have been, you know, 10 more games than there was pre pandemic. It was 140 game season. Now it's 150. I'm going to be interested in seeing what the average is at all these different places. Richmond, the flying squirrels just set a new franchise record down in double a for the San Francisco giants. Um, but they had a couple extra games in their back pocket because their schedule, I think, grew from 140 up to 144 in double A. So each of these levels have a couple extra games tacked on. But from what I've been seeing in terms of average attendance, that people were back, they were embracing minor league baseball. They were looking for an excuse to get out and enjoy the weather. And they were being treated to some games that were under three hours long. And what could be better than that? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Just it's great to see that the game has rebounded. It's great to see things. I hope change for the better. And I'm looking forward to when all of that happens. Go flying squirrels. Go (laughs) flying squirrels. Um, Absolutely. Mr. Adam Giardino, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. I want to thank you for helping me to get off that ledge just a little bit. We got ourselves, maybe not two feet, but we, we got ourselves a foot and a half. You know, we got a nice little bit of breathing room. I could take a step, not not go over the cliff. Hopefully, this will help our listeners not hurl themselves off the cliff or not watch baseball anymore. We're hoping that this will at least convince some people to not panic so much about these rule changes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You bet. And again, just uh, next April, when you're sending me a bunch of clips of pitchers blowing up for, you know, an automatic ball four, I get it. Be patient. By May, there'll be fewer, and by June, they won't exist. So it'll take a little bit of getting used to, but from uh, Clayton Kershaw all the way down to the newest rookie pitcher, everyone will get on the same page uh, in short order next year. Well, things I hope will get better. That's that's what we want to see, and mm-hmm. and we will find that out. Adam Giardino, former broadcaster for the Yankees, AAA affiliate, the Scranton Rail Riders. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us here, and best of luck going forward. Thank you, guys. All right. And that will end this special edition of Downtown Sports, our digital market battles edition. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 20 different platforms. We are on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Ad, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Podvine, and Odyssey. We, you know where you can hear us. We are downtown sports. We are where sports come home. I want to thank Crystal Large, our producer, Tony Mainville, our researcher and statistician. I want to thank them both for the great work they do for Adam, for them, for the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente. It's a mouth of the South. John Schiavone saying we're out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>